0: Sabbath. Um, We are very grateful to have uh, two of our friends representing some wonderful ministries that we'll tell you about. Um, Elizabeth Beer and Michelle Boyer are with us. Yeah, Elizabeth, raise your hand. Michelle, raise your hand. Uh, Michelle's going to share our message today. Um, And uh, we have uh, today in the campus center uh, through 2 p.m., they have a booth or a table. uh, They're representing a couple of really great. After college uh, service ministry options: urban, uh, some local or domestic ones. Urban Servant Corps and Lutheran Volunteer Corps um, are two really wonderful opportunities. I urge you to learn about, and then a couple international ones: um, Young Adults in Global Mission, um, which Michelle uh, served in Hungary, and we've had a number of our alums um, serving actually in that program and other programs um, for that international. Service as well as the Border Servant Corps, which is a short term opportunity there. So they're going to be on campus today uh, till 2 p.m. around that part in the afternoon. Uh, Please do me a favor if you can uh, because we know that we've promoted that in different ways. Uh, But if you could be intentional about rethinking in your circle of friends here at Gustavus, you know, maybe a couple that, that a couple of people that you think might be interested in knowing really useful opportunity. And I'll furthermore say this, uh, should any of you be thinking about international service? In our chaplain's office, um, we do have a a very generous endowment that has resources to support people looking at that. So I want to have that conversation with you should that be um, what you're you're feeling you're called to. Some of you may have uh, heard the news about incident that happened uh, at a shooting in Thousand Oaks, California. Um, We're just getting some information about this, uh, but our hearts are just uh, hurting right now because of this. We have dear friends at California Lutheran University, as well as Pepperdine University. Um, This was a very popular restaurant and bar um, in that community, and um, it was college night. And so we're really here to hold them in our thoughts and prayers. And so in, in our opening prayer, um, what I'm inviting you to is a, is a moment of prayer um, and silence for my friends and thousands of Please bow your heads in prayer. God, in this moment of silence, we join our hearts to our brothers and sisters in prayer and we lift them up to you, to your care. We give you thanks for those on the ground there that are reaching out to serve and to heal and to minister. We ask your blessing upon them and upon all of us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Our opening hymn will be found in our Cranberry Hymnal, the Red Hymn, 615 Six, one five. And everybody stand. Let me see.
1: For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you've handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave! You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word. Thanks be to God. Good morning. My name is Michelle. Um, I'm here with the Life and Service Tour, which accompanies a whole wide variety of opportunities for service after graduation and possibly some short-term opportunities. And all these programs focus on the mission of accompaniment, which means we're not bringing our own perspectives into the experience, but rather learning from our neighbors um, and serving alongside them through various nonprofits, both in the U.S. and internationally. So we'll be around after worship and also in the Student Center for more information. This chapter of Matthew is full of parables, different scenarios apparently describing the kingdom of heaven, inevitably ending with one of my least favorite biblical phrases, weeping and gnashing of teeth. This parable is no different.
0: The servants who did well, who
1: did not question their master, or suggest he might be wrong, are praised and rewarded, but that pesky third servant, who buried the gr- his money in the ground, is cast out into that fun outdoor darkness place with, you guessed it, weeping, and gnashing of teeth. During my time in Hungary with the YAGA program, one of my roles was co-teaching a Lutheran religious studies class at the local high school. In the past, I've had trouble reconciling my own beliefs with those of the Bible, and now I have to try to explain them to skeptical teenagers. For a month straight, the curriculum focused exclusively on these parables, and I started to really struggle. At first glance, these stories seem like cautionary tales, uh, how to go to heaven or how not to go to hell guide for my high school students, but they were understandably confused. During my entire time in the school, I've been trying to tell them that God was forgiving and full of grace and loved everyone, but here they saw Jesus portrayed as this unforgiving master. To those who have, more will be given, and from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. It just didn't seem to add up with the idea of a loving and just Jesus. I was talking to my country coordinator, my mentor and guide during my year, and expressing how frustrated I was with this apparent inconsistency. I didn't understand how to follow this Jesus, how to model my behavior after him. The turning point for me, one that changed my perspective on my entire year of service in the Bible, was when my coordinator suggested that I stop looking for Jesus in positions of power. This whole time, I'd been seeing Jesus as the master and the king and the bridegroom, If these stories are meant to describe the kingdom of heaven, surely Jesus will be at the top. Yet, what if Jesus isn't the bridegroom or the king or the master? What if in these stories Jesus is not the person in power? The system in this parable is broken. A man who takes advantage of others and abuses his authority remains in power and punishes those who disobey him without fear of retribution or loss. That doesn't strike me as a very Jesus-like figure. Instead, I started to see Jesus in that third servant. Time and time again throughout the Gospels, Jesus works to dismantle systems of power. Time and time again, he walks beside those that society has deemed less than, instead of only showing favor to those with privilege. Jesus is all about fighting for justice, even if that means upsetting those who see justice as a loss of power. He was never one to follow the rules, just because that's how we've always done it. The systems in our world are broken too. In Hungary and across Europe, the Roma people, whom you may have heard described using the slur, gypsy, are oppressed from all directions. Some of the harmful stereotypes used to describe them are that they are stupid or lazy, and yet the reality is that no employer will hire them, and their access to education is intensely segregated and limited. When I spoke to my high school students, most of whom were white, they asked me why I would even bother working with the Roma community. I was wasting my time. According to the system in place, not just in Hungary, but around the world, the people in the dominant culture are the ones who have, and more should be given to them. As for the others, people who are different, people on the margins who don't fall into the rules of the system, even what they have should be taken away. That is a broken, flawed, and human system. So what does this alternative image of Jesus, Jesus the rebel, tell us about these systems? At the beginning of several parables, Matthew writes that the kingdom of heaven will be like this. But before we look at these parables as a permanent image, we have to think about what that phrase, kingdom of heaven, means. The kingdom of heaven is not just some place with angels and clouds that awaits us after we die. The kingdom is also here on earth with us. The best description I've heard of the kingdom of heaven is that it is both a present reality and a future hope. It is already and not yet. The reality of the kingdom right here and right now is one of brokenness and pain for many. But there's hope there too, and Jesus shows us that hope in this story through that third servant. That servant who says, no, I choose a different way. Jesus shows us we don't have to follow those systems that break us down. He shows us the holiness of rebellion, of choosing intentionally to walk beside and learn from those that we have been taught to ignore or discount. Jesus has power, yes, but it is a power founded in humility and sharing and vulnerability. And we can find that power in ourselves and in our neighbors. During a year of service, you're guided by the mission of accompaniment, walking alongside your host companions in their daily lives, listening to their stories, and forming meaningful relationships. In my year, I learned how to build relationships with people that I deeply disagreed with and how to be vulnerable with strangers. I learned that we are called not only to accept the grace of God, but to be witnesses to it, share that grace with all those we encounter, no matter how difficult it seems. It's not about saving the world or proving that this is right and that's wrong. It's about understanding one another and seeking out new perspectives, even when confronted with powerful systems of oppression. At the end of the parable, when the master rewards those who have supported him, he says, enter into the joy of your master. again, my alarms are raised because since when has Jesus or God ever required proof of loyalty or test of ability to love us? That's the best part of this whole thing. This creator who walks beside us, we enter into the joy of God the moment we are born. God calls us to experience that joy, to find it in the face of a stranger and receive it from them in return, freely and lovingly. Through a year of service, I found that joy and so much more. How will you find it?
0: Jesus chose to spend his last night on earth eating with his friends. He took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Each time you do this, remember me. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he passed it to his friends saying, Drink, this cup poured out for you. Is the promise of God. Whenever you drink it, remember me. Whenever we share this bread and cup, we remember Jesus' be to God. The resurrection, our hope, and our life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven, Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. These are the gifts of God, and you are the people of God. You please stand. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which you've now received, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. And as you go forward today, may you go forward in peace, trusting in the strength and the love of